Hi, my name's James Fowle, and this is the Huxley Morton Podcast. I hope you're enjoying Series 3 so far, and before we jump back in for another episode, I'd love it if you could like, subscribe, and hit that notification button, as it really helps us to increase our reach. We run the show to both help and inspire those working in clinical research, so if there's anyone else that you think would benefit from tuning in, please spread the word. For now, though, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Huxley Morton Podcast, the show where each week we dive into the personal and professional stories of some of the most inspiring inspirational leaders in the world of healthcare. This week, I'm joined by Brent Whitgen uh, and Sean Carbonell, founders of Brazen Bio. Uh, guys, um, Brent, you and I have spoken before, but welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, James. You are very much welcome. Well, look, um, I've given you a very short introduction there, and um, I know that you guys have given me a bit of an explanation as to what you're doing and, and what you're looking to achieve um, over at Brazen. But for our audience, um, Give us a, a snapshot of, of who you guys are uh, and a quick overview of, of, of the company. Sure, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in the throat. Uh, so Brazen Bio, uh, we're, we're basically, our mission is to help biotech founders advance human health. And uh, you know, basically what that means is there are a lot of diseases that are unmet, if you will, a uh, lot of diseases that have few or no treatments. And so we're trying to address that by increasing the number of scientists who translate their research into companies. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what we're doing. And, you know, Brent and I go back 20 years. Um, we've tried working with, other, with each other twice before. I tried hiring them twice. Uh, didn't work out uh, either time, unfortunately, but now we're partners. Brent, what, what was going on there? How were you were you snubbing Sean, or was it just that not the not the logistical fit at the time? It's my fault. Well, <laughs> James, you know what it's like in the uh, building of high performing teams and making the right fit for the talent and the roles, and the timing mm -hmm. is such an important part of it. So Sean and I met in academia, and we just continued to educate ourselves uh, separately on our own tracks. And he took the startup route and I took the big pharma industry route and we continued to stay in touch as friends and collaborators. And now the timing is right. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, it's, it's good that, yeah, after such a long period, 20 years, that you guys have finally managed to, to get something together. Um, and what you're putting together sounds very interesting. So you're looking to create almost a platform and an incubator system for new founders of, of yeah, brand new startups so that they can, I guess, yeah, get into the world of clinical trials, start launching new drugs. Um, where, where did this come from? So you both, both had, I guess, differing backgrounds and the paths are only now crossing. How did you both get into this? Where did this idea come from? Sure, and so it comes goes back to our our uh, our biography actually, um, and so one of the reasons why I couldn't hire Brent for my first startup was that, you know, we had startup problems getting funding, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's probably the biggest problem for any biotech startup. But so just to, just to you know go back, I've done this before. I had an idea from my postdoc and. I took that idea, I brought it to the bench, and 10 years later, uh, you know, we've uh, started the phase one clinical trial um, in brain cancer. So I developed a new therapeutic for brain cancer and it potentially can be used for other cancers, but it was a hard slog, right? Uh, I had never done this before, I didn't know anyone. Um, and, you know, basically from the first day I realized, you know, there's gotta be a better way if I am ever in a, in, a, in a position to help other people do this, I'm going to do that. And so mm -hmm. that 
So that sort of uh, so, so the timing sort of worked out um, 10 years later. But, but yeah, it's, it's very difficult, obviously, to start a biotech startup. It's not like a tech startup where you can just walk into a Starbucks with a laptop, right, and develop a product. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need infrastructure, you need lab, you need funding, you need, you know, smart people around you um, and access to millions and millions of dollars of equipment. And so, uh, so yeah, so our first program is the Brazen Fellowship, which is our incubator program this summer in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And we provide all that for you. Um, it's basically all inclusive, completely turnkey, including accommodation housing um, by the beach, which will be great. Um, but that's just the first program, right? We're, we're building an entire ecosystem around this Brazen Media, uh, Brazen Tools and Brazen Events eventually. Right, so the idea, I guess, was born out of your own struggles, your own challenges of, uh, I guess, yeah, running a, a startup and going through these things yourself. Um, so I guess it's clear that that's the, the problem that you're now trying to solve for probably thousands of, of students out there who are wondering how they're going to go about, you know, getting into to the industry. So just talk us through some of the, uh, perhaps the, the, the struggles that you ran into um when you when you had to do it yourself and how brazen now is i guess just taking that out of the equation sure well it's uh, we just started so <laughs> it, it remains to be seen but we are you know obviously uh trying to help uh founders so obviously as i mentioned before the biggest the first value of death is launch right it like i said it's, it's just hard to, to mm-hmm. launch because you need all this infrastructure you need cash or connections and as you will recognize, probably working with many of the players in the field, you know, VC-funded biotechs don't look like tech-funded biotechs. They, they tend to be a little more curated, right? It's sort, of, it's sort of like tech 10 years ago when, you know, you'd have a founder with a great idea, a VC would come in and fund it, fire the founder, hire, you know, a, a veteran team to take over executive team and then move forward that way. And then of course, Zuckerberg et al came through and now um, people in tech like the founder to remain as founder and CEO for, for, the, for the unicorns at least. And you don't see that in biotech, right? Their name, name a Mark Zuckerberg or an Ev Williams of biotech. Um, and so we're still in that stage where a lot of the venture is going to these sort of highly curated teams, which, which makes sense because they're in, in the game to make money for the LPs of course. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's a high risk field. It's much more high risk, obviously highly regulated. So, so it's, un- it's understandable why they do that. So we're trying to address that aspect. All the, everyone else who is not you know, a Nobel laureate who can't get VC funding from the get-go. Um, and Y Combinator has done a great job of that as well. Um, so we're, we're just filling the niche. But you know, so just getting started, you know, access to a lab. The, the way I did it 10 years ago is you know, I, I, was, I was in Los Angeles. I was a neurosurgery resident training, training to become a brain surgeon. I was originally going to be an academic neurosurgeon, um, but I had made a discovery the prior year and I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I actually quit neurosurgery residency here in LA at Cedars-Sinai, a fantastic program. And uh, so I tried launching a company in, in Los Angeles, got no traction, you know, I was paying exorbitant rent. And so I had to go, I had to basically make a decision. Am I gonna go back? to neurosurgery or am I gonna really dive in? And so I, I moved up to San Francisco and the only option is really academia, right? Um, because there, at least I have a salary, I have access to a lab and, and of course UCSF is fantastic. That's where I did my postdoc. Um, the downside of that is then UCSF owned my idea. Um, and I didn't realize how difficult it would be to license that idea back. It took, took over two years 
mm-hmm. to license my own patent, uh, which almost killed the company, which is ironic, right? And so, so yeah, so those are like, the, the just that was just the very beginning, even before I had incorporated or anything, like I had these major problems in front of me. Um, and so we do address that. Um, you know, we have Lisa Hale on board uh, on the IP side. Lisa Hale is a partner at, at DLA Piper in San Diego. She's worked with eight Nobel laureates. Um, she did my IP for my last company, Alco Synergy. Um, so yeah, so we're building basically all the pain points that I, re- that I uh, experienced as a biotech founder myself. Um, we're trying to build into this new program. Fantastic stuff. So look, Sean, you, you just explained, uh, I guess, how you went about doing things yourself and what, and what you're now looking to achieve. I guess what I, I, I guess was going through my brain was that, you know, you were ch- training to be a, um, a brain neurosurgeon um, and all of a sudden you had this idea that you couldn't drop yourself to, to start your own biotech. Um, where did this, where did the entrepreneurial side of things come from? Uh, with your with yourself had you had you had this throughout your childhood I, you know I'm always interested to know what makes people tick because you know I've gone through this and you know started my own business um what was it for you though that actually made you say I tell you what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack at it and jo- drop what you'd been doing previously yeah it's a it's a complicated uh question and probably a complicated answer but but I did have um, you know, I'll, I'll refer back to Gary V. I, I did sort of have uh, sort of an entrepreneurial streak as I was growing up. I remember always trying to hustle things, and and um, I remember creating a f- a fake um, online or a fake um, mail order catalog you know, on a piece of paper, and then trying to sell stuff off that catalog to my friends. And I actually made money, and I, I feel bad about that. <laughs> but I actually, actually took money from people for completely imaginary things. Um, and then never delivered. So that's not, uh, but so yeah, so I had, I had sort of this, this entrepreneurial, uh, I guess I have the genes, the chemicals um, mm-hmm. early on, but it, it never really consummated into anything um, real. And I was on a very prescribed path, you know, undergraduate med school, I actually did the combined MD PhD. So that was a seven year program. Wow. And then I made, then I sort of took another detour and I went to Oxford uh, University for three years and did a postdoc. Um, to double down on my research and be an ultra nerdy um, academic neurosurgeon. But that's where I just made this discovery that planted a seed. And so as I was heading back to California to do my residency, my training for neurosurgery, I just couldn't get it out of my head because the, the entire purpose of me going to med school was to advance medicine. I always had this vision of advancing medicine. That was, that was sort of my, my uh, main principle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought that would be through neurosurgery, but I was thinking, you know, do I want to treat patient one patient at a time? Um, and I was particularly interested in brain cancer, so there's no cure for that. 99% of the patients will die regardless of what I do. And so I had an idea for a new drug for brain cancer that could potentially change that. And, and you know, it was, it was the hardest decision of my life. But um, four months in, uh, a combination of getting, you know, my, my, my behind kicked in, in, in residency, you know, over 100 hours a, a week um, in the clinic, uh, combined with this deep drive to to advance medicine, um, I just said, you know, I'm just going to do it and <laughs> surprise myself um, and 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 many others. But that's basically what it came down to. Also, I will say during my grad school years, um, a couple of my friends were very influential on the entrepreneurial side. Mm-hmm. One started, one was actually interning with the tech transfer office, the innovation office, and he started a club for bio entrepreneur um, folks interested 
for folks interested in bioentrepreneurship or at least exploring it. So that's where the sort of the first idea, you know, maybe, maybe one day I'll start a company. Um, and then one of my classmates actually did start a company in the middle of his MD PhD. Mm. Um, and that was successful. That was successful. He, he did a deal with Takeda worth a half a billion dollars wow. uh, 10 years later. Uh, but so, yeah, so uh, a lot of different things came together, but it re what it really boiled down to was, you know, how can I have the biggest impact with what I'm doing right now? And it, it wasn't neurosurgery, it was building this drug. Incredible. And I, I certainly would, wouldn't class either of you guys as necessarily nerdy. You're certainly both very well educated and certainly much more so than, than myself. Um, but I think now what you're doing with this, this new idea at, at Brazen, it's just quite disruptive. Um, so look, you guys, the company was only launched a matter of, of months ago. Um, Again, it's, it seems crazy to, to be launching something at this time that, um, where so many businesses are trying to settle down. What, again, you've gone through, you know, it's kind of out of the box thinking. What made you guys, you know, get together at this time? You know, why was it the right time this year, despite everything that's happened, uh, for you guys to get together and say, look, let's, let's go ahead with this brazen idea? Do you want to tell the story, Brent? <laughs> yeah, so let me... Uh remind everyone the events which happened last year in 2020 is a call to action for everyone in terms of the healthcare industry, life sciences, just public health in general. Mm. So Sean and I have dedicated ourselves to this industry, to this field, and we believe there are so many more unmet need out there. We don't know what happens next uh, societally with ourselves, with our families, and we know the innovation exists. It just needs to be unleashed brought forward, accelerated, incubated. We believe Brazen Bio is going to be that conduit to bring it forward faster. So in many ways, we owe it to ourselves and society. And this is really the right place at the right time. And Sean and I have been, like we said earlier, we've been looking for the right opportunity for 20 years, 10 years. And now we're doing this in Southern California. So this is to, in a nutshell, answer your question, James. Fantastic stuff. And look, is there, I mean, is there many others doing this? Because, you know, anytime that I come across any programs that are similar, it's it's always government backed, it's, you know, academia, as, as you guys have perhaps touched on. Is, is there anyone else who is offering this turnkey solution in the same way that you guys are? I, I don't think so. Uh, not, not to the extent that we are not, I mean, and other people can certainly uh, do that subsequently, but you know, you have your Y Combinators, um, they provide basically a check and their connections and sort of a brand that is very recognizable. So that's very powerful. IndieBio exists. So th there, are, there are other players. IndieBio does have a laboratory that they give to founders, but they're, they're, also, they're also focused in on sort of biotech it brought more broadly. So they're into, you know, biotech meats and, and other industrial uh, biotech processes. We're focused primarily on therapeutics and diagnostics because again, we're, we're sort of focused in on human health and, and wellness. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so we are differentiated, but in, in, in we're, we don't consider them competition per se, because, you know, we're a good, we're, we consider ourselves an earlier uh, player. Uh, identifying the founders earlier. And so they might actually want to go to Y Combinator or IndieBio subsequently. Also, Sci Founders is a new um, program as well. So, but, you know, so we're just, I, I'm the, I guess our differentiator is, you know, I've actually done it. You know, yeah. I, I, took an, I took an idea, brought it to the lab bench and brought it to patients in a phase one trial. And obviously has at least another decade to go. But um, 
but so that's sort of our differentiator. And so that's how I've built, uh, Brent and I have built this program. Mm. Um, sounds, sounds incredible. So the, 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 your target market, it's going to be uh, people that, you know, that are finishing up studies um phd students etc who are or uh, you know or is it more experienced people that are have ideas and want to do it what you know what's what's the target market for you guys or have you defined that yet um it's it's, it's everyone based anyone who's willing to take the leap right uh you know I, i've designed uh i had the design in mind to sort of um uh, address my own issues 10 years ago Mm-hmm. And so I was in between, you know, I, I quit my program in order to start a company. And so that, that would be ideal, but, you know, we're open to grad students, undergrads with great ideas and, and, and actual traction towards an, an idea that can, that can advance human health. Um, people in transition in careers, people who just got their PhD and rather than doing a postdoc fellowship, they can do a brazen fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're pretty open to it, uh, to, to anyone who's willing to take the leap with us. Fantastic. I think the biggest thing I I really like is the fact that you've been there and done it, Sean. I think so many times people have these grand ideas and, you know, it's, uh, it's backed by, you know, outside third third parties, whereas you've been through it, you know, exactly what these people will perhaps be going through their, their minds at this time. Um, I guess coming on to the, you know, what's going through your mind at this time, because you kicked off in, in May, I believe, how, give us a snapshot of, of how things are going. What's, you know, what's going through the minds of, of, of Sean and Brent right now in terms of as you're trying to get people on board, uh, crowdfund, you know, how's, how's the business going? Yeah, I just want to touch on something that you said at the beginning there. Um, so so that, that was all purpose built, right? We are unaffiliated with the three silos, right? Academia, industry, and um, I'm blanking now, funds, right? So mm. we're trying, you know, eventually, so we're, we're a C-Corp, right? So we're building a platform. The platform is meant to uh, develop products to help biotech founders, of, of which one of them is the Incubator Fellowship. Now, we do and intend uh, eventually to start our own fund. So obviously, we can continue to um, do the Incubator as well as uh, fund people pro rata as, as, they, as, they, as they move forward. Um, but we sort of want to brand ourselves as the unfund because... Um, Right, it, we're founder friendly first. That's our motto. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you are come from any of those other silos, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but uh, they do have their interests, and so we're we're trying to make our interests completely the founders. We did it this way so that we're also in a startup building from day one, so we know we're we're you know we're drinking our own champagne, mm-hmm. um, uh, and so we're in it with the founders. Um, Again, did you again, again, it's, yeah, kind of, it's a common common mission, isn't it, for, for you and anyone sort of jumping on board for the ride? Exactly. Well, a lot of it, in fact, is about awareness. And like you know, James, and uh, filling roles and building teams, you, you need to know the opportunity exists. You need to have the right chemistry. You need to have the right connections. One of the big differentiators here with Brazen Bio also is our network our senior fellows, Sean and I have been doing this for decades. So we've been collaborating with uh, industry veterans, subject matter experts, and getting the word out, spreading the news, opening the door for those founders to come in. Mm. The application call is underway. We're very pleased to see the intake already and getting the word out to those future founders is really important today so that the opportunity is available for them. 
And I, I agree with that, Brent, big time. In terms of your network, the strength of your network is everything. And particularly in the world of, you know, biopharma um, and what you guys are doing, it's, yeah, having that network is just so invaluable. Um, so it's good to hear that you're utilizing that um, and you're going to be passing on that knowledge to anyone who joins your program. Um, but look, I guess nothing is ever plain sailing. Um, Sean, you will know that from, uh, I guess, your first ventures into to, to doing this yourself first time around. Uh, what are the biggest challenges that you guys have perhaps faced in terms of starting up Brazen? Because it's, it's never as quite as easy as, as what we all hope. Um, I wish it was at times, but I, I had many a, a sleepless night and um, lots of anxiety and stress when I started out. Uh, what, what are the biggest challenges that you guys have faced and how have you dealt with them? Sure, it's, it's a startup, right? So it's startup life. Um, one, thing, one thing both of us have been very mindful of is, you know, I, I, to be frank, I'm in my last venture, I gave everything until I was completely burned out. And that's why, you know, I had this, as soon as we got, you know, our IND cleared from FDA in 2019, mm. I, I basically handed the reins um, uh, to my co-founder um, yeah. and left the company because I was just completely spent. I gave everything. It was, it was very difficult. And so one of the things that we're trying to do now is be very mindful of, you know, our mental health and, and, and our relationship. Again, you know, we're friends for 20 years. Mm. Um, and so we, we, we do this thing called Therapy Thursday, where we, you know, talk really, um, uh, be very vulnerable and, and talk things out, both on the personal and the business side, yeah. and trying to keep, you know, trying to trying to be good up here as well as, you know, physically, so that we can perform our best for the company. And so, you know, we've had our, you know, we've had our basic startup issues. If you looked at our Gantt chart from, uh, from, you know, early, you know, a couple months ago, um, we're basically a couple months behind where we thought we were going to be, which. Um, is not surprising. And um, so, yeah, so, so there's, there's difficulty there. And so there's creates a little crunch with our, our incubator, but uh, we're dealing with it. And so um, uh, fundraising is currently happening and we have a campaign on WeFunder port portal. We're using the, the regulatory, uh, the, the Reg CF um, uh, rule um, in order mm -hmm. to, to raise from the public. And that's strategic because, you know, we're trying to build the brazen army, right? We're trying to uh, get the word out they become our evangelists um and so uh, that was very that was very get, get that shared on on the media from from our side as well so everyone's got got the link and can visit awesome. the page yeah. um and look i guess it's good to know that you i guess you recognize uh the mental health side of things i've seen so much um about that side of things on on linkedin recently and it's been massive with you know even some of the biggest players who have been given days off or weeks off you know to, to employees um and you know as someone who regularly burns the candle at both ends it's good that you guys have said look we are we are good mates we can't let this you know cause any friction um so what did you label it as that your Thursday kind of get together that you said what was that therapy thursday Oh, yeah, therapeutic Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> I like yeah. I like the idea of that. It's good that you uh, again you you've even got a system in place for that um, to make sure that you both stay sane. I guess. James, it's all about the people. You know this as well as we do. We put people first, and obviously, it starts with ourselves. We have to lead by example and take care of those around us who are going to be our founders, who are going to be our fellows, who are going to be our collaborators. Mm. And so w when we do this, then everything else will come in line following. 
most definitely. Well, I think it's a good good mantra to have. And as you say, look, if, if you guys aren't firing on all, all cylinders, how are the rest of the team uh, around you going to, you know, how can you expect them to do the same? So look, what's what's next for you guys? What are the, how, how are the plans looking for the next six months, 12 months? Um, what's What does the future look like for, for, for Brazen? Uh, great question. So, you know, as, as I just mentioned, we are running the Brazen Fellowship, which is our incubator program in Los Angeles this summer. Um, this is our alpha, right? We, we've never done this before, but we have, you know, you can't see it because of my floating background, but uh, we're in the Biolabs LA facility, which is gorgeous, brand new facility opened in 2019, access to $1.5 million worth of equipment, um, sponsored equipment, mm -hmm. uh, beautiful lab space. So we've got that reserved, everything um, is going there. So, so this is our alpha, you know, we'll be doing the, the three month program um, from mid August to about Thanksgiving, um, learn from it, and then hopefully run another one early 2022. Um, in parallel, we'll be, again, building our Brazen Army. Uh, we are doing, we're launching, you know, the Brazen Media, Brazen Events. Hopefully, we'll have a large event in, in 2022 uh, to bring, uh, you know, people who are interested in careers in, in startups or, or industry in general, or, you know, anyone who's interested in advancing medicine um, and health and wellness. Uh, hope, we hope to make that sort of the national conference for, for folks interested in, in early stage biotech and, and being a founder. Wow. And what, what would it mean to you to both uh, to, to actually achieve these goals? So, you know, if, if we speak again 2022 and you ticked all of those things off the list, what would that mean to you guys having, yeah, I mean, we're, we're three months in now, um, to look back at it at that point, if they are all ticks in the box, how will you feel? What will that mean to you guys? Well, I, it, it, if, if we're still alive, then that's, then that's fantastic. Right. So, <laughs> uh, but that's, 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 that's very cynical, but no, I mean, it would be amazing, right? This is, this is, I, I, I've been looking, you know, Brent and I have been looking for ways to, you know, have a massive impact on this and, 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 and enable founders to do, uh, you know, what I've done, um, you know, and, you know, again, it's a learning, learning process. So we don't know which, um, which programs are going to stick. Um, but uh, it's iterative and we're a startup, we can move fast um, and, and adjust accordingly. Um, the other thing, as I mentioned, you know, we hope to launch a fund soon, hopefully in 2022, uh, mm -hmm. which will, will only allow us to do more of what we're doing. So, and, that, and this, is basically, this is basically our model. We want to do this every year, you know, launch more companies, help launch more companies every year. Wow. And look, I guess the, the end goal for you guys, when you're, you know, hopefully successfully launching new company after new company, you've got founders coming at you from, from all, all angles. What's the, what's the ultimate end game for, for you guys? Well, um, I'll let Brent, Brent speak to this um, as well, but um, obviously it goes back to sort of our, our one-liner, you know, helping biotech founders advance human health. And so, you know, for instance, my drug uh, for, at OncoSynergy, OS2966, uh, we were developing that for glioblastoma. And 95% uh, of investors I spoke to out of hundreds, you know, when I was pitching them, 95% of them were uninterested in the drug completely because of the indication, right? Because the market's not big enough, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, these are drugs that are important to have. And so, um, so it's, it's, so that sort of illustrates the, the, the problem here. It's, we, we, we're not letting, 
a lot, like, like I mentioned before, you know, a lot of VC is, is basically um, putting money behind ideas that are already market validated, which, mm-hmm. again, which again makes sense because it's reducing risk and allows them to, to create value, but at, at the expense of, you know, other treatments for all these diseases that, are on, that have unmet need. So, yeah. I guess, sorry, Brent, you're going to add to that, I, I think. I, adding on top there, the vision to have a vertically integrated brazen bio where we have the innovation coming in through discovery and development, and then we're able to run the clinical trials where it's all vertically integrated, seamlessly handed off so we can accelerate this innovation and unleash it to address the unmet needs which are out there. Fantastic stuff. Look, it sounds great what you guys are doing. You're you're basically, as you say, you're advancing human healthcare by making sure that there's no missed opportunities, you know, no leaks in the system, so that you know these ideas are eventually going to hit market. Where otherwise, without your involvement, without the incubator, and without your program, it it would have they may otherwise get missed. So I think it's fantastic um, what you guys are doing. Um, I'll certainly be interested to, um, I guess. Keep following your story. I know that you're both uh, active on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you do quite a bit uh, via your website and funding pages as well. So I'll post all of those for, for our audience who want to check those bits and pieces out. Um, but look, before um, we, we wrap up, I, I always like to have a, a few quick fire questions uh, with the guests that we have, have on. Um, so look, for, for you guys, and protect, um, perhaps we'll, we'll mix them up, but look, um, kick off with the first one and, and that is what would be the, the one piece of advice uh, that you would both give to your younger selves I would say changing your mind is a strength and I stole that from Gary V but <laughs> honest it's true <laughs> I like it Brent for, for yourself yes I would say take more calculated risks I like it I like it and the second quick fire question, uh, what would you say is the number one book or resource um, that you guys would recommend for either people that are looking to, to join your, your program or just for our audience in, in general? Wow. Uh, there are so many, I would say Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imper- Imperfection. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to go for self-awareness. We, we've read uh, Brene Brown, Sean and I, in our book club. So uh, I'll go another route and propose uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, Anti-Fragile, uh, uh-huh. Gaining from Disruption. I like it. I like it. Um, and then moving forward for the next question, you guys are no doubt going to be building teams over the, uh, the coming years as you grow and expand. Um, what are the top three qualities that you both look for uh, in the individuals that you hire? I speak to tons of leaders and it, there's normally a similar theme when I'm, I'm dealing with the entrepreneurial guys at the top like yourselves. But yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what you both say and if they differ at all. Sure. Uh, I would say sort of vulnerability, evidence of grit and sort of persistence. It's, these are hard things that you can't see them on paper, but uh, it's something I always try to parse out of people. Fantastic. I'll just uh, layer on top there beyond what Sean said, uh, curiosity and uh, an ability to listen and, and certainly grit. Mm-hmm. I agree, guys. I guess look, working in, in recruitment, I think they're the, the standout things when we're dealing with any 
applicants, candidates, or even, you know, at a senior level where people are looking at exec roles, that they're the things that stand out. And um, probably communication of being able to, you know, display that, um, I think. Um, and as I, as I said to um, yourself earlier, Sean, you certainly, neither of you strike me as science nerds, despite all of the, the academic um, qualifications and, and backing that you've got there. Um, so what do, you, what do you get up to outside of work? What do you do um, to enjoy at the weekend, the evenings? Right. Well, obviously, with the, with the pandemic, it's been limited, but I do live uh, uh, at Venice Beach. Every night I, I take a sunset run, at least during the weeknights, uh, take a couple of days to rest. Um, as you can see from my sweatshirt, I am a TikToker. I have um, 200, almost 250,000 followers on TikTok, uh, where wow. I do science, science education. And so that's, I've been doing that since 2014 on Instagram. Um, so just trying to teach the, the younger generation. And it's all related to this brazen bio thing, right? Fantastic. Well, in that case, we'll have to uh, check you out on that as well, I think. <laughs> Brems, yourself? All about getting into nature, James. A little bit of forest bathing does the body and mind good. So getting out there and clearing your head when you're uh, looking for some reprieve, looking for that next inspiration. Like it. I like it. And look, very, very down to earth uh, interest there. And I think that says a lot about you guys. Um, you, you're doing big things, making waves and, and being quite disruptive with uh, the plans. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think sometimes the world of pharma just always people think that there's the big execs at the uh, back of the boardroom, you know, stiff suits, etc. And you guys are just so the opposite of that. And it's just it's quite refreshing. Um, so look, with that in mind, you know, what would you say is the number one goal? Um, or not the number one goal, the number one golden rule that you each have in life and in business. Wow. I'll go first here. So I really believe you have to know yourself, know what you want. And on the business side, knowing what your core business, your core competencies, your core capabilities are. Yeah, so I, I would echo that. Uh, I would frame it slightly different, and I've, I've mentioned this before on another podcast, sorry, uh, but uh, knowing your zone of genius, right? There are so many jobs that you can do, um, and a lot of it can actually sort of take away from your mental uh, stability. Um, so finding what you're really good at and really enjoy and spending the most of your time on that and outsourcing everything else, um, so that sort of harkens back to self-awareness. Sensible advice. I like that, Sean. Well, look, guys, thank you so much for joining me on, on today's show. Um, look, it sounds like there's a few places that we can check you you, um, you guys out at Brazen, including TikTok, which I certainly was not aware of, uh, Sean. So I'll be having a look at that um, straight after this <laughs> after this episode. Um, but look, for anyone that's looking to reach out to you, whether it's going to be you know, investors, applicants for um, Brazen, what's the best way to get hold of you? Great. Yeah. So you can go straight to our website, brazen.bio or brazenbio.com. We're on all the socials as well. Pretty active uh, at brazenbio. Mm -hmm. Fantastic stuff. Well, look, guys, as I say, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'll let you guys enjoy it the rest of the day over on the West Coast. Um, thanks again. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, James. Guys. <laughs>